Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. This is episode 19. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. We are in a very dark hour in our world and I think most of us are exhausted of the constant injustices starting firstly from this pandemic which came about because many global leaders failed us they failed us they ignored the warnings of scientists and people like bill gates that had been ringing the alarms and then tense race relations in the u.s which routinely resurface And closer to home in Nigeria, we've seen a spate of rapes and killings of young ladies. Last weekend, I found myself just deeply disturbed and grieved by the state of our world. This one just hit different. I mean, we're regularly bombarded, right, by negative news and... A lot of us have just become emotionally desensitized to all this negativity. You know, we'll say things like, this is Nigeria, or that's how things are in the US. But the culmination of the recent events, it hit different for most of us. And that numbness was fiercely pricked. So on Saturday night I found myself weeping thinking about how we're letting the next generation down how we're letting our children and our future grandchildren down they deserve a better world than this you see I think the issue we have at hand is a pandemic of silence the the majority of the world, they they do stand for positive change and they want to see, you know, their anti-climate change, their anti-racism, their anti-sexism, anti-tribalism um, and any ism that could ever exist, right? But a lot of this same majority are plagued by silence. But you know what I love, love, love about what has happened over the last week is that we've shown that speaking up is actually even more contagious than silence. And something feels different in the air. You know, we're seeing this collective of people across tribes, races, religions, ages, genders that have a righteous fury to see an enforcement of justice. And it's so beautiful, and it is Ubuntu in action. You know, Ubuntu is commonly said in Southern Africa, and it's this belief in that we all have a bond, a universal bond of sharing that connects all of humanity. And so collectively, as a humanity, We're forging a new path of change, taking one step at a time. And I believe that there are three pertinent lessons for us in family businesses in this hour. And my prayer is that we will learn the lesson of that this hour. We will not be forced as a globe to keep 
repeating class. So that all these deaths and generations of pain will not be in vain. Instead, we will be promoted to our next class as we see a more equitable and just world for all. So on to those three lessons. Um, the first one is for our families. Quite often in family businesses, we tend to see generational divides, right? And it feels like a gulf between the two generations where I've often said this on this podcast, we see things through different lenses. And if we don't operate from a place of deep empathy for one another, what can happen is we will have a huge communication gap and potential conflict. Just like in the States, one group of people can be in heaven, whilst another group of people can be in hell. So one generation can be dominant, whilst another feels like they're being suffocated and struggling to find their voice. Where we are coexisting, but we're not collaborating. We need empathy. We need to step into the shoes of other person and lean in to learn more about the other person's realities and perspectives. And Alfred Adler says that empathy is seeing with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another, and feeling with the heart of another. So we really have to be listening to each other, listening without presuppositions, prejudices, listening to hear and not to respond. Coming from a place of empathy and not sympathy, right? From a heart of how can we solve this problem rather than being defensive or judging. Equally, actually, it requires that that generation that feels silenced needs to speak up and communicate what the issue is on their heart. Because you see, we can't solve the problem if we're dwelling on who is wrong or who is right or assigning blame. We need to gear our minds towards how can we co-create a better world or a better family business as we're discussing in this instance. And as dear Mother Teresa had said, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. And next, in our businesses, racism is obviously atrocious and... Most of us will agree with that, and so is gender sexual violence, right? Female sexual violence. But there are other isms that seem to be socially acceptable, especially in this side of the world, namely tribalism and, I will say, sexism. Tribalism is no different from racism. It means that we're upholding presuppositions, prejudices and projecting them onto people without giving them a chance simply because of their surname. It doesn't make sense. And as a result, many, many shy away from collaborating with people of other tribes 
that are not the same as theirs, not recruiting people in their businesses because they're from different tribes, not patronizing vendors. It creates isolation and separatism. It poisons trust. It inhibits team building. And when we're feeding it, what we're doing is we're literally tearing apart the foundations in our business and in our society. But back to the conversation on business, as business leaders, we need to really reflect, are we playing our part in ensuring that we are creating this equitable world we're fighting for? Starting from the world that we can control, our businesses. Are we playing our part in ensuring we're promoting diversity in our family businesses? Do we speak against and condemn any form of discrimination? Are we actively addressing any weaknesses we may have as a business in this area? It goes without saying that, you know, diversity increases the talent pool. And this is important for us as family businesses because we tend to have an issue in attracting and retaining talent. And by having a more diverse workforce, it increases essentially the worldview and scope of a family business because now we have an inside view of the motivations and needs of potential clients rather than just the ones that look like us, right? But doing this just to fulfill all righteousness, just to tick the boxes, defeats the point. I don't want us to be solely motivated by what do we stand to gain, but let us be motivated by what is right. We need to focus on empowering people, regardless of where, what they look like and where they come from. Beyond diversity, we also need to think about inclusiveness, right? So you can wing diversity, right? You can just on paper have, so to speak, a diverse workforce, but you can't wing inclusiveness. So last summer, we spent our summer in the UK and our two boys were in um, like a summer camp and Iriboli was four at the time. And he particularly had a really difficult time adjusting into this new environment with no familiar faces, none of his friends, none of his teachers, because he's quite shy as a person and is a creature of habit. So it was quite difficult for him. And dropping him off every morning, watching him awkwardly look around the room with the look of, who will play with me today? It was completely heartbreaking. So that's an example of when we don't have inclusiveness, right? It's not enough to have a diverse workforce. We need to make an active effort to make sure that everybody is included so they don't have this type of eerie experience. We need to create an avenue such that everyone is valued, everyone is seen and heard, especially those that we know that are the underdogs whose voices are drowned out by the privileged. Our goal is to empower and, and equip so that they excel and they will only do so when they feel that they belong. Lastly, in our communities, we family businesses, we are critical in our communities and we often play a huge role, but I think we can play a bigger one. 
you know, there's a lot of talk right now about white privilege and the risk we face is that those of us that are not white, don't fit into that category, may see ourselves as victims rather than tools for social change. We are all privileged to some measure and we can use that privilege to amplify the voice, the voices of the voiceless. So our privilege may not be race, it may be gender, it may be income class, it may be education, political power, influence, whatever it is that gives us influence and access to ears that will listen. Because silence is dangerous. Silence by the privileged who have the power to move the needle is dangerous. So we may we amplify the voices of the voiceless through advocacy, through corporate social responsibility, philanthropic work, social enterprise, impact investing, you know? These injustices are not their problem. They are our problem. As coronavirus has taught us all that we are strong as the weakest link globally. So let's give a voice to the voiceless because firstly, our silence is our compliance to the status quo. By doing nothing, we are agreeing with the injustices that are ravaging our world from racism to sexual violence and so much more. Secondly, our silence over time it may not have visible consequences today. However, after generations of suppressed injustices, it may lead to future fiery conflict. And lastly, to break this silence, we need the courage to confront, accepting our privileges, letting go of our prejudices and presuppositions. So how can we actually help? I don't think we necessarily all have to be protesters, right? Just like the body, we all have different parts to play. Creating awareness is major, and we can do this you know, in our local communities, on social, because we really need to raise consciousness of whatever issue is dear and near to our hearts. We can fund causes, Nonprofits, organizations, volunteer our time and services with these organizations. And also through corporate social responsibility, as I mentioned, philanthropy, advocacy. And in my opinion, the most important, we can lean in. Lean in to listen to those underdogs, to gain more empathy and understand what it is that their lives are like. I listened to a podcast last week by Pastor William McDowell, and he said what grieved him about the current state of our world is that people in his mother's generation fought for the very things we are fighting for today. And it all seems like all that was in vain because they had, 
in their generation, they had many people that died for racism, right? In fighting racism. And I was reflecting that in 30 years' time, I don't want to be confronted by a world that is unjust to our boys, Irivoli and Ayofuluwa. It will really break my heart if, heaven forbid, we're still where we are today. I don't want to have awkward conversations about the prejudices, prejudices they may face as black men. I don't want to be worried about my nieces facing sexual violence on the streets in Nigeria. It's time we create a different narrative, a different world, remembering that light dispels darkness. We only need a glimmer of light to dispel this deep darkness covering our earth. May we stand together for humanity remembering Ubuntu, that is, I am, because we are. Thank you.